Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. We hope that this message will challenge you and encourage you on your journey of faith. If you would like to learn more about Journey Church, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at thejourneychurch.cc. Now enjoy the message. Thank you for joining us today here at Journey Church. I hope you are having an amazing weekend. I am Pastor Kim, and I'm one of the pastors here at Journey Church, along with my husband, Pastor Chris. And we've been doing a series this month called Don't Drink the Poison. I am going to continue that series this week with uh, part two of that message. And if you missed it last week, go check it out. It was so good. This message, Don't Drink the Poison, is all about offense. And we all have been offended. We've all offended someone. So you want to check it out. I want to start tonight with praying. I want to pray because this can be a message on offense can be one that can easily calls you to get offended. So I want to pray for our hearts tonight to be open, or today, to be open for um, what God wants to reveal to us. God, I thank you for each person that tunes in, that listens to this message, Lord God, that our hearts are open and receptive to hear from you, to receive from you, and to just know that your heart for us is to live in freedom, to not live offended and not drink the poison that may be offered to us, Lord God, but to experience an amazing life that you have for us. And I thank you for that, and I pray for every word that I say comes out from what you are wanting to share with us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, everyone, every single one of us, I believe, needs to hear this message and this series because we are in a time right now in our, in our world where it is very easily are very easy for us to experience offense. Um, it's, it's, not from a, it's not just from the standpoint of what's right and wrong, this series, but it's, a, it's, it's about the heart level. It's what's going on in our hearts. And we will never see real lasting change in our world around us, from our families to our workplaces to our churches and our communities, if we aren't willing to look at ourselves and examine our own hearts. So we're going to start talking there. Week one, we're going to talk a little bit about how everyone will feel offended. We will all at some point in our life have an opportunity to feel offended. And it might happen daily in your life. It really might. When we feel offended, that is when we see or maybe perceive something is not right. That's what feeling offended looks like. And let me be clear, this feeling isn't the poison that we may drink. It's not the poison that we may drink when we feel offended. But when we don't know how or what to do with those feelings is when we can begin to live offended. Now let me explain what living offended looks like. Living offended is drinking the poison but expecting the other person to die. All the while they may be living life, maybe even their best life at that, yet inside we are dying. Not them, but us. This week as we focus on unfulfilled expectations, I want to turn in Matthew 7, 1 through 5. It says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, And look, a plank is in your own eye. 
Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. When we talk about expectations, we must start with ourselves. As I, as I said, we must become self-aware, which is often a little hard for some of us. We must be willing to search our own hearts and allow the Lord to be able to reveal things to us so that we can see clear. In Matthew, we see to place ourselves on the throne of judging others means we must be willing to accept that judgment back on us. What do I mean by that? I mean that when you are being judged by others after you've thrown judgment, we can't consider that persecution. That is a result of you being critical. And we have to be aware of that, that we are not called to be critical. When we are critical of others, the speck that we see in them literally can be from the log in our own eye. And once we remove that log, often we see that maybe our brother didn't even have a speck at all in their own eye. And it was us the whole time. It was our issue. It was our judgment. It was our expectation that we had that caused us to see something that was not there. So it's our heart, guys. We have to always go back to our own hearts. And I think, like I said, this is for every single one of us. This is something I've walked through, something I've walked through sometimes daily. And as we talk about these, there's three unfulfilled expectations that we must be aware of. And if we're um, of and not drinking the poison of them, and I challenge you, that as you pray this week and as you think about this message and as you uh, meditate on this, that we follow it up with the prayer that is mentioned in Matthew 7. Right after verses 1 through 5, there's a prayer there. And I, I, I challenge you to, to read that and to ponder that this week. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him... And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will be given a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your ch children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them for this is the law of the prophets. May, may we also realize that what God can reveal to us in one season about us may not be the same thing that he revealed to us five years ago. You see, we're all on a journey. We're all discovering not only ourselves, but we're discovering the world around us. We're discovering new things daily in this journey. So we can't assume that God, what he showed us five years ago, is going to be relevant for right now. And we have to ask him. It says if we seek, let me go back and see. If we seek, we will find. If we knock, it will be opened. This is about our hearts. Seeking God for what our hearts have inside of them. Asking the Lord, what's in there? Is there something that I am holding onto that's causing me to be offended and walking in offense? And often, it's others that help reveal to us what we need to walk through. What do I mean by that? I mean that when we see someone else do something that causes us to kind of quench, 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 I can't think of the word, quench up or think, man, that's just not right. 
Some of the time, it's the very thing that we do. The thing that we don't like in others is often the thing that we do. And we can allow the Lord to reveal that to us in that moment, or we can just push it away. So we can use the experiences we have with others to grow as well. So go back, meditate on that. Matthew 7, 7 through 11, as you ask the Lord this week uh, to seek your heart, to know if you have anything that you're holding onto, to know if those feelings are turning into offenses. <clears throat> everything isn't always everyone else's fault. And everyone isn't always against us. But it can feel like that sometimes. And often it's just us against us. It's us seeing things that's not there that causes us to be against us. God is good and that he will reveal to us what we need to see at the time we need to see it. At the right moment, he will reveal to us what we need to see. And it's going to be good. It finishes that verse right there. It says that our father who is in heaven will give good things to those who ask him. It might not always feel good when you're walking through some stuff. It might not look the way you want it to look. But on the other side of that and the freedom that you get is good. Because we have a good father who wants good things for us. And when we gain that freedom, we live in that goodness and in that freedom. And Luke 7, sorry, not Luke 7, Luke 17 verse 1. It says, it is impossible that no offense should come. But woe to him through whom they do come. I love the saying that goes, just because you could doesn't mean you should. You see, just because someone could do something doesn't mean that they should. And we all have great opportunity to our, allow ourselves to guzzle down poison. But it doesn't mean that we should guzzle down that poison. In Galatians 15 Galatians 5.13, I'm reading the same outline as the scriptures that I gave. I know I am. Galatians 5.13, it says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty or freedom. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. When liberty is mentioned here and when it's broken down in this, this scripture, it means to do or omit things having no relation to salvation for the Jewish errors, so blinding the mental vision that it does not discern the majesty of Christ. This is so important. It is major. When we use our liberty or our freedom in ways that do not serve or love one another, we miss out on the majesty of Christ for ourselves. And not only do we miss out of the majesty for ourselves that's found in Christ, but we don't get to reveal that to others. Others will not see that in us when we are using our liberty, not serving and not loving others. So I appeal to every one of you guys and to myself as well, that we not drink the poison. Don't drink the poison. Have you ever maybe drank the poison? I know I have. I've drank it and I find myself being over, overly critical sometimes and maybe you have to, maybe over, overly sensitive. I've found myself doing that as well. These are a few of the signs that we've drank the poison. Maybe you've not done that. Maybe that's not where you find yourself, but maybe you struggle to stay the path 
or you've had, you've had a lot of bad relationships. Maybe you feel that everyone else is the problem and you just don't understand why they don't get it. These are a few of the signs of what it looks like, what it feels like to drink the poison. Unfulfilled expectations can cause us to drink the poison. I, I had this ex an experience before um, where I had a great opportunity to, to guzzle down the poison and I had to choose not to. Not that it didn't take time to not make that choice, but I was in a relationship with a, another believer friend of mine who refused to hear my heart on some things and I may have refused to hear the heart on some of her perspectives as well, but it was made very clear to me in this relationship that they were not willing to walk out healing in the relationship. Um, and I had that opportunity at that spot because I didn't understand why to feel offended. And did I feel offended? Absolutely, because I felt like that was my right to feel that way. But I had a choice. Am I going to live offended? Am I going to allow this to be the thing that holds me down, that holds onto me, that that racks my brain constantly with negative thoughts and negative things? And I had to make the choice not to live negatively. And it's not easy. It's not. But or live offended. It's not easy. But we get to make that choice. We get to make that choice. Let's go to Matthew 11, 2 through 6. It says, and when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, are you the coming one or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. We see here that John, the same John that prepared the way for Jesus, the same John that knew that Jesus was the Messiah, the same John who walked with Jesus, see, saw Jesus do amazing things, the same John had an opportunity to allow himself to be offended or to see that an expectation he had was not being met. Maybe you felt this way. What about me? John could have felt that way. He was in prison. He was in prison while Jesus was out there in the spotlight, really, in his, in his eyes. Nowadays, it'd be out on stage. Um, he was in the spotlight and John was in prison. So he had a great opportunity to, to feel offended and to see the expectation he had not being met. But instead, it says that John sent his disciples, two of his disciples, to go talk to Jesus to see what's going on, to get clarity. This is my perspective of this. Um, it doesn't tell us that, that John you know, lived in an offended state and was bitter towards Jesus. I believe that because he allowed himself to get clarity about the situation, that he was able to live free from being offended. That's my belief here. And I believe that's why it's so important, so, so important that we learn the benefit of conversation. Conversation is not one-sided, it's two-sided. It's hearing and listening and receiving and being able to, to also speak back and share back. 
not just driving by and doing a post on social media. That's not conversating. That's, that's what causes division. That's what causes offense to happen. So we're going to talk about the first glass that we can get served here is unspoken expectations. Unspoken expectations. It, it looks good. It smells good. And sometimes that's how it works. You see, Jesus didn't tell John that he, would it, that he would not be in prison. Jesus never said, you'll never go to prison. I'll promise you that. If you preach the gospel, you'll never end up in prison. Jesus never said that. He didn't promise that. So the same thing goes and is applied for my life. I can't get upset at my husband if I leave the house one day and I see all the clothes in the laundry room that need to get cleaned and I just assume when I leave that he's going to see those same clothes and he's going to wash them. So I leave and I go about my day and I come home and the clothes are still sitting there. I can't assume that he would do those because I never spoke out my expectation of, hey, can you make sure these dirty clothes get washed? We need this for tomorrow. I can't assume that he's going to do it. Though That's an example of an unspoken expectation. And this happened a lot in our early and early in our marriage. We had tons of unspoken expectations and neither of us were meeting them. And we constantly had tension. Maybe not constantly, but we had a lot of tension in some areas that just were not being met because we had not spoken our expectation out. And maybe you find yourself there. Maybe you have found yourself there. You're in a relationship. It doesn't have to be a marriage. It can be with your parents. It can be with your children. It can be with friends, employees, employers. It can be with anyone. If we don't speak out our expectation, no one knows what we are expecting. So be aware that we need to be very clear on what we're expecting because the trap that we can end up in uh, and taking this cup and this glass and drinking that poison can be super simple sometimes because we don't speak out what our expectation is. You see, <clears throat> I'm going to share a few things that maybe you have found yourself saying over the span of your life that uh, have caused that are just kind of signs of drinking this unspoken expectation glass. Um, maybe you've said this to a friend. You never call me. You never text me. So you don't care about me. Have you ever found yourself saying that? I've felt that before. But really what we need to do is step back. And in all of these that I'm sharing, we're going to have to take a step back because it goes back to our heart. And so no one called me. Okay, did you call them? Did you make the first move to make uh, the text go through. Did you let them know you were thinking about them? Because it's easy to feel left out. It's easy to feel that you're not a part of something and that you're not cared for. I get it. It is easy to be there. But what are we doing to make sure that that other person also knows that we're there? Maybe you said this or you felt this or you've lived this out as, hey, I saw you the other day and you didn't say one thing to me. We were at church and you walked right by me and didn't even wave. I was at the grocery store and I saw you, but you didn't stop to say hi. You don't care about me. You don't love me. We're not even friends. I know it's extreme, but let's be real. We've all faced this very thing. And this is where we take a step back and say 
and actually ask ourselves, not even say, just ask yourself this, why didn't you make the first move? Why didn't I go to you at the grocery store and say hi to you? Why did I not do that? Why didn't I wave at you when I thought, man, maybe they know that I'm here. Just wave, just call out the name. It's small things that can lead to great offense and we've gotta be aware of it. We've gotta be aware of it. And also another one, if we aren't careful, we can get into this mindset of entitlement. And this is one that no one wants to hear, no one wants to claim, but it's real and it happens. And this goes back to the whole thing of just because you think they could doesn't mean that they should. And this is the slippery slope where well, I know that they could, but does it really mean that they should? These, again, step back and ask yourself these questions. In 1 Corinthians 13, 5, it says, Love does not behave rudely, does not seek his own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. Do we do this to God sometimes? Do we blame God for the things that he never spoke or promised? I have. I feel like I'm saying I have on a lot of these things because I know me and I know that this is something I've struggled with in my own past, daily sometimes. Um, but have we gotten mad at God for something he hasn't pro promised? Now, not realizing that everything I thought he spoke to me, not realizing that it was filtered through my mess. It was filtered through me. So it may not have come perfectly once it filtered through me. Maybe it wasn't me who didn't hear Hold on, let me go back, sorry. Maybe it was me who didn't hear clearly. That's something that's hard to ponder sometimes. Maybe it wasn't God who said exactly what you thought he said, but it was, you know, processed through your own stuff, through your own mess, and maybe it was me who missed it. It was me who didn't hear clearly. Ponder that this week, guys. It's, it's a big deal to take a step back and examine our own hearts. If John can end up in the spot of needing clarity, we can too. If John ended up in the spot of having to send his two disciples for clarity as to, hold on, Jesus, are you the one or are we to look for another? Then we can end up in that same spot too. And we have to be willing to get clarity to get clarity and take ourselves to a place. If we don't get clarity, we can take ourselves to a place that we are never meant to go. Matthew 11, verse 6 says, Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. This offense spoken here is to cause one to judge unfavorably or unjustly of another. To cause someone to judge unfavorably. We shouldn't use Jesus as our right to judge one another. Sometimes we see that happening, guys, but we can't use Jesus as the reason why we feel justified in judging someone. If we see the best in others when some unspoken expectation goes unmet, we can walk in love and ask for clarity. If something goes unmet, we can walk in love and just simply ask for clarity when that expectation has not been met. We often forget that Jesus, Jesus never promised that we would live in a world full of roses and sunshiny skies and we just dance and be happy all the time. 
Because happy is a feeling. You have to choose that. He never said that we wouldn't be in a valley. Never told John that he wouldn't be imprisoned. But what he did say to us and what he did promise to us is that he would never leave us nor forsake us. That he would be right there with us wherever we were at. Whether it was a rough day, whether it was a feeling of offense, whether it was in a valley, whether it was sickness, death, he would be with us. That is what he promised us. He is right there with us all the time. So our second glass that we can get served is unmet expectations. The middle one here, unmet expectations. And if you've ever been in any relationship, you've experienced all of these, but you've experienced unmet expectations, I'm sure. I don't want to spill that right there. This is when someone did or said something that was absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. There are very extreme cases that would fall under this category as well. And those things would need to be addressed. So understand that there can be things that need to be addressed. There are times when these unmet expectations break trust and that person may not regain that trust and actually may not, you shouldn't maybe even give that trust back to that person based on the circumstances, the extreme circumstances. But what you do have to do when there are unmet expectations, if trust has been broken, is you have to walk in forgiveness. Not for the other person, but for your own well-being. Forgiveness keeps the poison from having space in our souls because it will affect every area of your life, not the other person's life, but your life. It will affect your family and your children and your spouse and your job. It will affect you mentally, physically, emotionally, if you don't walk in forgiveness. Forgiveness keeps the poison from our souls, as I said, and that is an important thing to meditate on, to think about. We all have encountered this unmet expectation. This can be defined as being let down. We've all been let down. Not only have we been let down, but we've let others down. We have allowed ourselves to let others down. And the reality is that people are gonna fail us and we're gonna fail other people, whether intentionally or unintentionally. With this glass, we have to be careful because all of us will let someone down from time to time. And the pain of this will depend on the, le on, on the level of which we've elevated that person in our life. The higher up you elevate that person in your life, the harder they fall, the more you judge them, the harder it hurts, the more offense comes. So we have to be aware of who we're elevating in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives because offense is going to come and they are going to fail you at some point. It just happens. We are all humans. So be aware of the conversations that you're having at tables when you have unmet expectations be aware of what you're saying be aware of what other people are saying and ex allow yourself to self-examine how you are sharing about this unmet expectation because it will highlight areas in your life where you've taken big gulps of the poison where you've guzzled that stuff instead of sipped on it maybe just having a feeling that you were then able to release, but you guzzled it. Luke 17, verses 1 and 2. It says, 
Then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offense should come. It is impossible that no offense should come. But woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. I want to talk right there about that, that word little ones here. Because it's not meaning children. It's not meaning little in size. It's meaning the ones who do not understand <clears throat> the gospel. Not that they don't understand the Bible, but they don't understand Jesus. And so when we call someone, when we go up here and we call someone to be offended who does not understand who Jesus is, that is not good for us or the other person. It's not good for our souls or theirs. We have to be aware that if we are not revealing who Jesus is, then we need to be aware of that and we need to be careful. Because Jesus always loves and he always forgives no matter what. So we have to be aware that when we are saying things and we are speaking things, who are we speaking those things to? Do we speak to the people and to the ones who understand the gospel of who Jesus is? And are we doing it in love? That's a huge one as well. The third glass that we get served is this one right here. And this is unrealistic expectations. This one is dangerous because I've been in that spot. This is when we presume to know more about something than we really do. And we pass judgment about it. This is, I'm going to give you a few examples here, is when you think if I had a kid, I would do it this way but you don't have kids, you put yourself in a situation that you don't know and you've never been in. Maybe if I were married, I would do X, Y, and Z, or I would never do what that person did, but you're not married, not married at all. If you're a single parent, and we, or if I'm, a, if I'm a person and I look at a single parent and say, if I was a single parent, I would, but I've never been a single parent, so I don't know what I would. These are, these are things of unrealistic expectations. These are so, situations where we have to stop and step back yet again and simply say, I don't know. If I had never had kids, I don't know what it would be like. If I had never had or been married, I don't know what it would be like. And if I had never been a single parent, I don't know. I don't get to put uh, expectations on someone that I have no clue what it's like to be. When we step back and realize we don't know it all, and guys, that is okay. It is so okay not to know it all. There is freedom found in not knowing it all. I'm telling you, we allow space at that point for grace to operate. When we step back and we say, I just don't know, we open doors for grace to be operating. Now, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be expectations. Don't hear what I'm not saying in these areas. There should be expectations. I'm just saying don't drink the poison of presuming you know what it's like when you've never been in that spot. Allow grace to operate in those spots. The one who has the standards of perfection, not only for 
themselves, but for others, you got to realize that you're going to fail at some point. You're going to fail someone. You're going to let someone down and you're maybe even going to let yourself down. How will we walk in love towards ourselves, but towards others when expectations aren't met? We have to remember we are all human beings with all sorts of challenges, but God helps us look for the better ways of handling situations instead of drinking from these glasses of offense, of unmet expectations, unspoken and unrealistic expectations. Drinking this continues to divide us on so many fronts. The more we drink, the more cups we take, the more sips we take, the more that we will allow ourselves to be divided. And we are seeing this all around the world daily. And it's been going on for generations. It's nothing really new. It feels new because we're living now, but it's been going on forever. So you see, I work out and you, you can't tell probably, but I really do. I work out and I work certain muscle groups out sometimes that I want to focus on, that I want to see developed. And there's times where I don't hit other muscle groups because I don't really care about them. And when I do, you know what happens for the next few days? I feel it. I feel the pain of what that muscle being underdeveloped feels like when I start working on it. Maybe the muscle that pushes us all past the fence has been neglected. Maybe it's the one that we need to actually allow to feel the soreness. We need to, to, to work on it, to work it out so that we don't have to live offended. You've got to feel it, not live it. We can feel the feelings. We don't have to live in those feelings forever. We can release them. We can allow God to work on our hearts and we can allow God to reveal to us the areas that need to be worked on. <clears throat> in Galatians 5, through 24, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You see, a sharp tongue is a weapon, no less effective than a pointed spear. A sharp tongue has no place, guys, listen, no place among the fruit of the Spirit. It does not express love. It does not spread joy. It does not promote peace. It shows no patience, no patience, no kindness, or goodness in its words. It shows no patience, kindness, or goodness in its words. It betrays faithfulness and gentleness. And most of all, it shows no measure of self-control. So we must learn how to communicate about our unfulfilled expectations. And we have to self-examine our very own hearts regarding the state that we are living in, if it is offense. Don't get trapped in the feeling. Feelings come and go. We all have them. It's part of who we are and our makeup is that we do have feelings and they are, feelings are a good thing to have. Don't get trapped in them. It's asking ourselves, where am I right now? Am I on the side of the fruit of the spirit or am I on the side of offense? In 1 Corinthians 13, 5, it says, does not, 
Love does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked, and it thinks no evil. The New Living Translation says it this way. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no records of wrong. These are the detox scriptures, is what I'm calling them, that we can lean on when we feel ourselves being served one of these glasses. When we feel ourselves being served one of these three glasses, we can go back to these scriptures and we can lean on the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 through 24 to help walk us through what it looks like to live free from offense because it's going to come, but how do we live free from it? I want to pray for all of you guys tonight and for myself as well um, because, guys, this is a real thing. This is something every one of us has dealt with, is dealing with, or will deal with at some point. And going back to the fruit of the Spirit, I want every one of us to walk in this, to walk in love and joy and peace, long-suffering. I want all of us to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But we have to be aware of our own hearts. We have to be aware of how we, how we speak and how we harbor things in our own hearts. So I want to pray for you tonight. I hope this blessed you and that you spend this next week just meditating on some of the scriptures that have been shared tonight and unpacking it for yourself and going back to the very beginning where we talked about seeking in that prayer, Matthew 7, 7 through 11, seeking God because he is a good father who is going to reveal to you the areas that need to be revealed at the right timing. He will do that. So God, I thank you tonight, today, whenever someone is listening to this, Lord God, I thank you that you are good. I thank you that you have created us, Lord God, as your workmanship, that we are good as well, Lord God. Though offense comes, that's not who we are. We are overcomers. And I thank you because we are overcomers, we are able to sit in your presence this week and seek you and ask you what is in my heart. Where can I hear from you and grow and be challenged and be developed and be stretched, Lord God, to see the good in every other person, Lord God? How can I walk in forgiveness this week? How can I walk in love this week? Thank you, Lord God. How can I walk in, in long suffering maybe? How can I recognize that you're with me in this very moment, even if I am living offended that i can overcome that i thank you for that i thank you that uh pray a blessing over each person that's tuned in i pray a blessing over their week in jesus name amen thank you guys